now that we're two weeks out, we should be able to laugh about this because this is awesome. As as somebody who's just standing there watching, <laughs> so they have this. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. There's this green that's like this double plateau. It's elevated, you know, way up, and Jeff missed it on the short side by in the bunker. Well, I bladed it because I had zero iron shots. <laughs> okay, it's, that's a possibility. That's point. We're taken. just glad you got He's, down there. However, you got down there. However, you got to this point. He's in the bunker. He hits one up, rolls right back down to his feet in the bunker. Hits another one up, rolls right, right back down to his feet in the bunker. Was it the third one that hit the flagstick or the fourth? Third, third. one. <laughs> Next one, yeah, he finally hits a good one, gets it out. It's going right at the pin. You know, it would probably stop somewhere past the pin, smokes the middle of the flagstick, slowly trickles, like not quickly, the slowest trickle down the green, right back down into the bunker. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> it's one of those times where like Tim and I are standing there and we know Jeff is just pissed. And I, it's so hard not to laugh because it was so comical. It was so hilarious that, that it hit the pin and went back into the into the bunker. Good, oh man. Combination man. of of that zero warm-ups we're supposed to be playing this amazing course and we're just acting like we're playing wild marsh (laughs) i gotta i gotta say after that jeff you did nothing but stand in front of my shots you spent half of your time you'd go up and you'd like speed up to your shot you'd be the first one hit off i've ever seen and you'd you'd speed away to your ball you'd hit your ball what, yeah, why, then, why, would we, why would we care now? Why would we? Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold G. Well, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. This is episode 67 of the Break 80 Podcast, joined tonight by Top 100 Tim, short-sighted Mike. Good to see that everybody showed up on time for the podcast tonight, unlike the tea time on Saturday for Mr. You are Steve. still bitter about this. Right. My God. I mean, you both take one code. nap. <laughs> major code violation. Like, Yes. Six, oh my god! Six six fifty three a.m. tea time shouldn't exist. Maybe for the elderly, it wasn't. It wasn't to my liking. I came home and why did you? I go? was up. I was up for a while. I hadn't. I hadn't seen Javi. I hadn't seen Carlos in a while. Uh, for the listeners, Carlos was one of the consultants that we had on the podcast that kind of uh, encouraged us to start a newsletter. So I wanted to go see him. Did he give you so, any more tips? Any more podcasts? I, I really, you know, I really didn't ask. I, I just wanted to be there for the experience. And then I brought my my own, make my own mimosas at the Muni. And that went great. And then it was nap time shortly after. So am I to blame a little bit? Probably slightly. Uh, not all the way. It's very cozy in the condo. So hold so, on. You knew you were going to take a nap and you didn't set an alarm? No, 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 no. I didn't expect. I didn't expect to take a nap. No one ever expects to take a nap, Mike. They just happen. Yeah, I mean, you, well, you, most of us, 
yeah, you, you rub that off pretty easy. Like it's not a big deal here. Meanwhile, in my shoes, I'm waiting. Yeah. There's this guy, Tim, he says he's showing up. I, he said, he's coming. It's 4:20. I don't see Tim. It's 4:25. Yeah, you guys go ahead. The guy's coming. He should be here any minute. Not answering a phone, not texting back, not calling. And I'm like, we're teeing off in like five minutes now. I have seen zero. I've heard nothing from Tim. And we've let a group play through. I'm like, yeah, I think he'll be here. He likes golf. I don't know why, he'd, why he'd miss. Um, and and I guess I like then I then I had to do the old. Well, I think we'll just tee off. He'll probably pull in later, and he'll just probably have to come out and catch up to us. I think it was about hole seven where he finally got back to me and says, oh, yeah, I just overslept. Most people would either, A, not fall asleep, do something, or B, if they're kind of tired, at least put an alarm in just in case they fell asleep. Like, this is common sense stuff. Uh, very, very, you know, breaking of code. Big yeah, time. Mistakes, right mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. I I do apologize for missing the tea time. It wasn't it wasn't something I wanted to do. Oh, that's was, just your first apology right there. At least it's called yeah, episode, episode sixty seven. I know. I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna wait until sixty nine to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible job done. <laughs> I thought maybe maybe when he was able, I'm like, oh no, the mimosas hit, and he got he was he was swerving, and he's in the hooskow right now till Monday. <laughs> Locked, <laughs> locked up. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of. Here's the thing with Tim: there was a lot of possibilities of why he's not answering the phone. Endless, so, endless possibilities. None of which happened. One of them. Very, very responsible driver, uh, as the audience knows. Man. Well, one guy that did not miss his tea time was uh, Mr. Victor Hovland, and he continues to be on an absolute heater. And uh, you know, we'll you know the tour championship came to a close the the season we put a bow on it you guys may have your opinions on on the format in the last week and, and what you think but uh at least i can say this it seems like the, the the hottest player down the stretch ends up winning now does that mean that it should be that way i don't know you know he won you know the ones that i guess really matter but then what about the other ones you know throughout the season too so it's kind of one of those things where it's like they put a lot of a lot of emphasis on the last and that's where you get your stroke deal that you got going on. But, uh, yeah, he, he pulls out a heater, wins another one. Um, the thing is he actually won or tied for gross as well. So at least, you know, you, you, you can say that he played the best for the week as well, not just with the added strokes. Xander tied him, but – but um, that's, the, uh, that's the shitty part for fans, though. Because yeah. that, had the, that had the makings of, like, the shadow leaderboard, as it's called because they they never and which they never show on tv hardly at all they they act as if that victor holland's really 26 under and and like they, they act like it's the actual score which isn't um but there was a chance there with if you, it was a normal tournament for it to be like a classic duel on the back nine because those two were so far ahead of everybody else i think Wyndham was seven shots back uh, they, they would have been dueling in the same group right down the stretch. And instead, we had this dumbass fucking scoring system. But it's never going to change. It's not going to change because the pros like it because it's a big purse. And the ones that make the top 30, they just show up and they get a payday. 30th place is half a million dollars. And the co- the company, the corporations like it. You know, it's a big, it's a big, uh, you know, advertising marketing thing. The only people that don't like it is any, basically any fan. I, I don't know anybody uh, who 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 is always just looking forward to watch that FedEx Cup on, at at the 
at the uh, end of August here in Atlanta when everybody's sweating balls and and you don't even know what the real scores are because they never show them. I think eh, no one ever cares. They should really change the format. That last tournament, if you want some fireworks, last tournament of the year, Stableford. And and even That'd jack up the points. Even jack up the points on eagles and birdies. Multiply them a little bit more. Um, I mean, you could give maybe a guy a, a handful of points or maybe a special multiplier on one or two holes. That would be interesting. Like that, uh, Victor, yeah. Victor won the previous tournament. He gets a multiplier on three holes that he chooses through the tournament. Could yeah. Lead good. to some interesting prop bets. Xander must hate that whole setup. He's he's won the shadow event once, and this time he was tied. Would have been in a playoff, and he doesn't get anything for either of those. You get no win, nothing. Like, what happens if uh, the only way that that thing gets blown up somehow is if, like, Adam Shank would have won, you know, like somebody that doesn't put doesn't move the needle. If Adam Shank somehow goes out and wins that thing, they blow it up the next year. Like we can't have this, or you know, they they just they would change it because it's driven you know for the stars. But but even if like let's say Adam Shank didn't win because he was so far back, but he won the shadow, you know, like let's say he was twenty under and those guys were nineteen. That sucks for Adam Shank because he doesn't get shit for that. He doesn't get it into the Masters. I think he I think he will automatically for being in the top 30 this year but like he doesn't get anything for that win nothing it doesn't count like Victor Holland didn't get a win for this it doesn't count as anything it's kind of weird yeah here's here I mean there, there's been a lot of ideas and, and suggestions out there and ideas floating I don't know if you guys have any you guys Tim mentioned Stableford um you know I've heard people say match play I've heard people you know there's all these suggestions the only thing is like my thing is they they basically play this entire year one way, right? Like, and that's how they get. And then to change how they're going to play it for the one that means the most seems a little bit silly to me. So, like, you you emphasize all year stroke play events besides you know maybe a couple here and there, and all of a sudden now the biggest one of them all we're going to just switch the format and not do stroke play or do some funky little thing here and there. That's the only thing that I feel like. You know, you, I, I said it'd be like it's just like you do something really well, and then when it means the most, you switch up something that they're in, right? So the only they, thing I uh, and and this is they, maybe an idea that I just kind of came up with is like maybe you have like um, mini tournaments within like let's say the top five are in a bubble, you know, six to ten are in a bubble, right? And the five battle it out for number one. Cause at this point, you know, those five pretty much have earned the right to, to battle it. Right. So then you have those five in a stroke play event going at it, going at each other. The next in a stroke play event, they're all in the, in the same bubble stroke play event. And maybe you do a bonus for the low, the lowest of everybody. You know, you get some sort of added bonus for the one that shoots the lowest, but like, I just feel like you can't really switch the format of the way that you've been doing all these tournaments the entire year. And then like, we're going to do this at the end. And yeah, there's been one match play this year, which is going to be going away. Now there's been one team event, you know, in the Zurich, which, you know, there, there there's we, majority stroke play events, 72 whole stroke play events. So that's why what I if, say, what if they, what if we do something groundbreaking and we just make every event match play the way it's intended to be. The, the real superior form of golf, the way golf was intended to be played and was played for, you know, roughly 400 years. 
before they screwed it. You can't do it, Mike. Before they screwed it all up, they screwed it all up for this stupid ass stroke play shit. That here's my okay. So let me ask you, Mike. Who's the greatest player of all time? Tiger. Okay, but he sucks at match play. Uh, Only Ryder Cups. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he won. I'm pretty yeah, sure the USAM, the USAM record, shitload really of USAM's match play. Okay, so yeah. well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, the thing about that is, and this is my other, and he won a bunch of Dells actually too. Yeah, he won the world. He won a bunch of WGCs too. Yeah, but but my thing, the, the only thing is, my thing about that is, is we all know that, like, just by watching some of those events, a 64 seed can beat a one seed because it's beautiful about it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, I get, I get that. But like, I don't feel like that always identifies the best player. That's my only thing. Like Matt Kuchar got a bunch of top threes in match play. Like, um, you know, certain random guys just show up. How come Ian Coulter can't win a single stroke play tournament ever, but can show up and play well in the match play. Like it's not, it, oh, man, there's two balls. The cream will rise to the top, right? Yeah. So cool. if you do a whole, so if you do a whole season oh, of match yeah. play, if you do a, whole season of match play theoretically the best players should win more more of them than the others well i, I think I, everyone subscribe to the newsletter right piece coming out tomorrow great plug right now but the western open should be a major again and as soon as we move some of that 18 million dollar first place purse over to the western open legitimize re-legitimize the tournament make it hard again move it to to tough big boy golf courses and not out east at Liberty National in 2027. <laughs> uh, we we don't need to put so much preference onto East Lake onto a certain type of player. We can divvy that money up, and then we can have two legitimate big dollar value tournaments. One as a not quite fifth major, and then one as the Tour Championship for maybe a little bit more money, but still be very very selective about the fields. Much in the same way that that Augusta, the Masters, is very selective about their field. They can continue to do that. They can continue to move a tournament, make it provocative, make it fun to watch, and then move everyone to Eastlake for the last 30 of the guys that make it through on points. And I think that's a very yeah. legitimate way to do it. And then so, make it stable for it. So there's, there's fireworks at the end. Make it weird and different at the end. So obviously when I say about this match, that, that's not, I'm just kind of joking. You can't really do that in modern... You can't do it for TV. It doesn't work for TV. That's what it doesn't work for. Even unless, unless you're live, unless if you're live, you can do it on TV. You can do a shotgun and you can match play it. Although it's funny because I, it's it's not good for TV because the sponsors want and people. They want more of you know. They want to have a leaderboard with scores and whatever. But I will say, you know, the Ryder Cup's TV. You know, that's pretty good to watch on TV. Uh, the U.S. Open uh, amateur. I mean, the U.S. Amateur. Pretty good watching sometimes on TV. People like match play because it's a direct one versus one. But yeah, it's not feasible for modern golf. It's just the, more the fun. Crowd it, management, is the way, it is the way the, golf was meant to be played before scores. It's just the crowd management with so many people at these tournaments. I mean, the the BMW saw record numbers at Olympia Fields uh, this two weeks ago, right? And it, you just can't fit 250,000 people onto two holes at a time. There's just oh, not a way to move that many people but around. That, the Ryder Cup's actually shitty viewing live. It's not very great. But what yeah. what did we think of East Lake? What do you guys think of the golf course? It's torn up right now. It's completely torn up. Well, I'm pretty sure Xander's pretty, pretty uh, upset about the golf course. Xander's pissed. Yeah, but they're, they're redoing the whole thing. And they're still going to play that same event next year. It's going to be ready to go, supposedly. Andrew Green. 
I hope they take a much brutal, brutal par three finishing hole. Well, not quite finishing, but watching Scheffler hit it into the water multiple times throughout the tournament was uh, was one of us moments. It has way more slope than you think. Like there's some like some of those holes they hit driver down the hill and it goes forever. Like just take a shitload of trees out and it would be kind of sick. I'm interested to see what he does there. Yeah, I'm pretty indifferent in on the golf course. I don't really, I don't. I, of course, I know 18 because that's the the one that you know Tiger came in on to win the Tour Championship or win the the tournament that one year. But other than that, I just don't really. Everything else kind of just meshes together. I don't really have a. I know that I know the hole you're talking about, Tim, because that was a a mess for a lot of guys, or at least some guys. Scheffler being one of them. But really, other than that, it's just the, kind of the same old, same old to me. I get very uh, confused between East Lake and Quail Hollow every year. Yeah, yeah. every year it's just it, it. It almost feels slightly interchangeable. Old clubs in the south, undulating fairways, decently Quail's, small greens. Quail's not that old though. Quail's pretty new. Looks old, but new. They just they they feel similar. And the thing about East Lake is, go ahead. I know that I know that East Lake has done a lot for the community. It's it's a lot like Detroit Country Club, where it's or golf club, where it it's in not necessarily a great area of of Atlanta. And they've done a lot of community outreach. They've done a lot of betterment. Detroit has as well. So I understand that that club has roots through both Bobby Jones through the community. But man, it's just it's not it's not visually interesting in a lot of spots it seems like I'm, and maybe I'm that's just tv coverage i'm guessing they'll fix it maybe to do some stuff if they can but think yeah. about it is you gotta hit the fairway like like xander shoffley was cruising there on sunday and then he did what he kind of does he he kind of gets he gets a little squirrely with the driver and he started missing fairways and then from, from that point on he couldn't you know hit anything close he's still hitting at the flag but the the bermuda is so unpredictable the Bermuda rough, I think that's the that gives them a lot of trouble. The pros even because it's just you don't know if it's a flyer, if it's it's so unpredictable. They just you missed the fairway, you were kind of screwed. And Victor just kept hitting fairways and I don't know eating guac afterwards because Chipotle brought yeah. Chipotle. You see that? It's kind of got the the old like century world vibes. It's like if you're coming in from a from a rough, you have to either hit it super high, which these guys usually can, but they're coming in from 180 yards out, 175 yards out, or you are just going to be hoping it's a back pin and you get roll out back to the hole because that's really the only way of getting it close, yeah. right? So I, I think where they struggle with Bermuda is, like rough we play up here, you can really tell if it's a flyer, if it's not. You know, they, I think it's easier for them. I think Bermuda just sits so funky. It's even for them, it's hard to tell. Is I got a flyer here? Do I not? They You saw a lot of people hitting it deep and looking confused and I don't know. Short game yeah, shots. It's, it's really hard to predict your chips on some of that stuff. It's Bermuda's like hitting out of almost like a Brillo pad. Like you've, yeah. you scratch your stove with it a bunch and you just don't know how well it's going to hold up. If it's going to be dense, if it's going to be light, is it sitting down? Is it getting an interface between it and the club face? It's as much as I look forward to leaving Minnesota in the winter every year, that, that rough is something that I, I don't like. Clumpy, clumpy. Well, in, mm-hmm. any other takeaways? I mean, we can talk Scotty a little bit because that was kind of an interesting way to end being dead last in putting. 
meme again. Just get the lab long wand. Yeah, seriously. I just put the lab into the bag, and I got to say. You have the long wand? No, no. If if you're going to go lab, you you got to go long putter. You don't need the long one. It does the putting for you. How many guys at 30 see with the short lab putter? I believe me it it does the work for you it, when they you change putter to the lab it's always the long putter it's uh it's always online the issue is it's made out of an aluminum block so the weighting is really different and coming from a spider where it's a steel block and a face insert the ball just doesn't come off hot so i've had some three putts already all speed related <laughs> everything everything inside eight feet has been in the hole i haven't missed play- a putt Play two putters in Raynard, one for fat. If it's a faster green putt, downhill. Man, I love put, this. I didn't even consider the, that. The oh. it's little, if it's a little faster, you can go aluminum. If whatever, whatever, however you want to fix it up and make. Oh it man, I love different. this idea. Twenty <laughs> clubs, baby. That's what we need to see. Yeah, we need. I need the second. I need the second driver back again. Tim's over here aim pointing. Then he's trying to pick what putter he needs to pick. I mean, that would be that's going to be a disaster. Yeah, well, Scotty, Scotty. I mean, the the season that he had, I don't quite. Maybe you guys have the stats. I mean, what he was able to. I got play, it right here. I mean, just in terms of the, you know, the strokes gained or whatever was nothing short of basically amazing. He was so his scoring average was sixty eight point six three, seventh best ever. The first six are all Tiger from ninety nine, you know, to in the two thousands. Scotty on tour this year was first in strokes gained driving. First in strokes gained approach, first in strokes gained tee to green, first in strokes gained total, first in greens in regulation hit, first in scoring average, first in money earned, first in top tens, and he had the first, the best aggregate score at majors, and he still only won twice with all of that. And it all comes Insane. to one, comes down to one club. By the lab putter, Jesus. <laughs> I really like. He missed, um, a two point six. Two f- under three foot putt on Saturday, and he missed an under three foot putt on Sunday. They were like two point six and two point seven feet. I, if I was Zach Johnson, do you think that puts any weight into any kind of picks or what you're like? Because you got to pair him with somebody. Like I don't know. Like I'm worried about his putting going into like a match play. You know, like a big four footer or something. Like holy shit, like. Man, he's been bad. You got to put somebody that is loose with him. Get him loose. Get him fun. That's get why. Him, and I'm, yeah, just get him like not oh, this four footer. You know, like let's get you know something that's some camaraderie out there. Not something that's not like a a, a a serious guy like a Cantlay or like somebody that obviously Cantlay has his own pairing. But like, it's got to be somebody that's just like let's go, Scotty. Someone, slap someone him from on Iowa. Right. Someone from Iowa. Oh, big Scotty fan. I uh. And we'll probably talk about this in a little bit because they pick tomorrow. But I have a little bit of a sneaky suspicion that this could get Sam Burns in because that's his guy. That's Scotty's guy. You know, they play all the time. Like, we'll we'll find out how much pull Scotty Scheffler has if Sam Burns gets picked over, say, like Cam Young or somebody um, or Keegan. Uh, because I you got to pair him with somebody because you're not going to sit him. He hits it too good. You're not going to sit him an alternate shot. He's going to play, obviously, but you got to find somebody that does something that gets him because he's going to have to make some fucking putts. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a crazy situation. Yeah, I don't think he made a putt in like two months. 
It's, 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 hey, it's, Scotty. Hey, Scotty, you're just going to come out for the approach shots. Don't worry, bud. <laughs> so It's absolutely – he should have won so many times with those kind of ball striking numbers. It's absolutely insane. Anything else from Eastlake? Nah. A uh, little bit of a logo redo needs to be done. I don't I don't mind the circle logo with the, the initials, but there's the whole you, you thing gotta sucks. You, you gotta <laughs> Just, do something a little different with that with that history with the Bobby Jones influence. It's uh, just a little change. Watched, and and they're and they're going through some of it with the redo of the course. I watched so we'll it see. on TV. I watched it a little bit Sunday before in between aerating. I was doing a little aerating myself, you know, turf management. But uh you know it's just so stupid. They got Victor at 26 under. He wasn't actually 26. He's five strokes up, but he's in the fairway and they're engraving his name and they made the biggest deal about like what he there's no chance he's fucking this up. He's in the middle of the fairway on a par five where the water's not even in play. Like he's he hits it over the water by 10 miles. And they're making, oh, wow, they're, they're engraving his name in this trophy. Oh, I don't know if they should do that. Like, they made the biggest deal out of it. It was the dumbest thing ever. Vandeveld. The whole, started the whole production. Team. Yeah, Vandeveld, yeah. The whole, but at least in that hole, there's actual trouble. Like, there's no trouble. Like, the whole production was just dumb. Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. We'll see if they, anything changes, but. Well, let's talk player of the year. So this is the next, you know, debate that there's a lot of debates that are happening this time of year, debating about the the format of the tour championship, debating on who's the player of the year and debating on the Ryder Cup picks. A lot of debates going on. Player of the year, um, I think ultimately comes down to two guys. Uh, I think you can make a case maybe for, I have five, Mike, you thought you had four. You know, in terms four. of making a case, what I mean by that is like the resumes of the year is pretty dang good. I have one. I don't. I Mike just did all all the talking for it. Scotty, well, yeah. Who do you want? Let's let's go recency bias. Let's talk Victor Hovland first. I, I think I think there's a little bit of recency bias here with Victor Hovland. I don't I don't think he should win Player of the Year. I think he's in the conversation, but he won the. Memorial, big tournament, and he won the BMW Championship. And his third win was the Hero World Challenge last fall. Shouldn't even count because you because the what he just won wasn't a win. Twenty three for twenty three in cuts made. That's impressive. Nine top tens, eighteen top twenty fives. T seven at the Masters, T two at the PGA, nineteenth at the U.S. Open, and T thirteen at the Open. So he's got a good resume. Top twenty in all majors, but. When you get down the list, it's not as good as the other guys, unless either of you disagree. No, nope. no, I, that's a really good season. Like you can't even. I mean, it's yeah. very consistent. Zero missed cuts is a is a thing that's tells you that you're having a great year. And then you also competed in the majors, and clearly and, ascending. Like everybody knew he was good, and he had the talent. Clearly, now he's got it figured out. It, it's great too, just because he's such a fan favorite, knowing that he's financially stable for sure. I mean, this is generationally stable, um, that he's going to be around for years to come, and it looks like the chipping yips are beyond him. Uh, although, did you see when it got a little bit tight on Sunday? Xander had cut it to four with a birdie putt. Hovland was in the rough. He had to lay up short. He chunked the chip from the fairway. He kind of chunked it, you know, one of those, one of those ones that's kind of stabby that Comes up way short, and then he rolled in like a twenty-five footer for par. Gave the little fist pump. 
I think yeah. I think those courses like the green is so hard to chip. It just grabs your club. You know, it's really hard to just use the bounce because that that green is just a lot of times against you, and so they have to almost dig down on them. It's it's like yeah. there's a there's almost a difference between that old grass. The old grass seems to hold a lot of grain with it. Yeah, but th- yeah, I mean those guys practice in that kind of stuff. Like they're down south, they should be. I mean, he just he stubbed it. It was like one of those stubby chips, and then he ran a long putt in. I've done it, but I think all all things considered, like the chipping thing is done. He's fine. Well, and then his putter to save him. So talk what talk about is never really known for for being a phenomenal putter, but that thing has been on on what what putter does he use? He's got a ping putter. It's like a ping custom. Ping okay. mallet. It's a- mallet ping okay all right mike give us another resume okay let's go well here's one that i don't think will win let's just do it quickly it's been a good season for Wyndham, one of our our guy he won the wells fargo an elevated event and he won a major the u.s open he's got he was 25 for 28 on cuts made really good what Uh, wells fargo was that quail right that's quail yeah it's a big boy golf course aka east lake (laughs) <laughs> Eight top tens, fourteen top twenty fives. Didn't play in the Masters. Putt at the PGA. Won the U.S. Open T thirty three at the uh, Open. Great season. I don't, you know, I don't think he's going to win Player of the Year, but heck of a season. You want to talk Rory quick before we get to? I, I think there's two final. You know, we all know who these two are, but yeah, and Rory is. I think he had two wins, twelve top tens, two missed cuts. Um, you know he was there a lot going into a Sunday on a, on a major or obviously can't quite finish a lot of tournaments. I mean, if he could have done a little bit of better um, closing, he would have been maybe up for runner runner of the player of the year, but he just didn't have the, uh, the big, the big wins as everybody else did. So he's out of yeah. it, but he did have a, I would say another, a good, a good season, you know, in, in terms of any player, but it being Rory, maybe a little bit more disappointing because it feels like he hit the ball so well relatively speaking this year in fact he was number one in driver overall driver that in the history distance. of golf, right yeah 326.3 he broke the all-time driver distance record he's the same size as you tim um, he's smaller <laughs> well yeah. depending he weighs oh, wait, he weighs he, more but he's shorter you like 30 what three oh sorry yeah I'm th- and we're the same we're the same age okay he just hits it like fifty by or sixty by oh, or something. Yeah, so that's Rory. His resume. That's he's not gonna not gonna win it. So we're down to two now. You're down he to bom- Scheffler. If Rory, bombs, Rory bombs the ball. He does. <laughs> so Sheff, you know, Scheffler won twice. Seems like ages ago. He won the waste management and the players. Uh, uh two elevated events, and obviously the players, the players. He also was twenty three for twenty three in cuts made. Him and Victor did not miss a cut. Uh, he's got. 17 top 10s or something like that. 21 top 25s. T10 at the Masters. T2 at the PGA. Third at the U.S. Open. And T23 at the Open. So let's compare this to Rom. I think these are the the final two probably. So Scheffler with a a very consistent two wins. um, You know, and some top 10s majors. Rom won four times. Also seems like ages ago. Uh, He won the Century. At the beginning of the year, which is an elevated event, all of the big players basically. American Express, not elevated. 
in Palm Springs, Genesis Elevated and the Masters. So he won two elevated events and the Masters and another event that has a pretty good field. 18 of 20 cuts made, 10 top 10s, 13 top 25s. He won the Masters. You know, he got 50th at the PGA, didn't play well there, but he t- he T10 at US Open and he got second at the Open Championship. So he ended up with a really good ma- ma- a major record as well. So I don't know. I would lean Rom myself because you know he won four. He won twice as many events as Scotty, including a major. And then I think, I think that's kind of the kicker. And what's hard is that Rom had like this streak of just hotness. Yes. During you know like a portion of the year, and then he sprinkled in a little bit of a contention in the Open. You know he, but he he was basically not anywhere to be found here in the last couple of months of golf, right? Besides the open championship, which by the way, he wasn't really ever probably going to win because Brian Harmon was playing so well, but Scotty is just kind of the entire year been so consistent. And he's been in all of these tournaments. He just can't obviously putt. And it's really hard because you got one guy that has just been, just can't have one part of his game operating at all times or Rom. You know, he, he missed a cut. He WD'd because he's playing so bad once. He, you know, wasn't really in a lot of tournaments. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those hard. It's hard, but but wins matter, I guess. You know, it's unfortunately that wins matter. And unfortunately, and if I, you look at it. Who, who would you be for, the, for this, right? I think this is a better indication. If you were leading by two strokes with six holes left, who would you be more terrified to have behind you in that spot leading by how much just two strokes with how many holes left five five six holes left the guy i don't want behind me i i think i I think i wouldn't want rom i think i don't that's the one thing about shuffle i I don't i don't see him as a massive chaser like he just gets ahead and is really good I feel like Rom can get hotter in hell and make this a string of birds. I mean, so can Scheffler, but I don't know. You know that Scheffler's going to be proximity to the hole, 15 feet or less, though, for at least, at least five of those. Yeah, but he could yeah. be lucky on a couple. Like, I'd, okay. I'd be more terrified of Scotty chasing me than I would Rom. Mostly because I feel like Rom could never actually physically catch me um, <laughs> in an actual foot race, but. Also, well, because I mean, Scotty's proximity to the hole, his stats are so good. And I know this isn't this isn't a stat race, right? It's it's player of the year. It's a little bit different, but Scotty's consistent, continuous performance over the total of the year was absolutely insane. I mean, it's it's proximity to the holes numbers that we haven't seen since Tiger in like two thousand one and two thousand eight. Well, we're gonna find out what the players value because it's voted on by the member. That's what that they pick their own player of the year. So we'll, we'll find out if it's more about wins and majors or just, you know, analytics and all that. Well, you know, we're, we're going to find out because they, they pick their own winner. So I will say this if I'm playing, let's say I'm down by two and I'm playing with one of the two, right? It'd be, it'd be a lot harder to play with Scotty because you know he's going to hit the fairway. Yeah. And you know he's going to make pars. Yep, you know he's going to hit the fairway. You know he's going to hit the green. So like he's going to put a lot of pressure on you because he's not probably going to back up. It's you have to go get it because he, and he's going to. It's like match play, right? It's hard watching a guy just stuff 
stuff it, stuff it, stuff it. Now, whether they make the putt or not, they're just probably not going to come a lot back, back to you. Other, you know, other than Scotty this last week had some really bad, bad iron shots, you know, that really cost him. But besides this week, he, that, that just hasn't been, been a thing. So anyways, what do we, what do we agree? I mean, I'm kind of leaning wrong is what I lean. I would, I would go wrong based on the amount of wins, I guess. I mean, that's the, team, the, the team, team America, team America over here. Times. America. I don't think, yeah, I'm not going to argue if the players vote Scotty. I'm not, I'm going to be like, yeah, I see it. I could, I could see why they did. I and mean, I'm not either way. I don't really think you can go wrong. They both had unbelievable years. They really both didn't do shit winning wise since the masters. I think, or the players, yeah, the players after the Masters, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd say that was kind of the biggest, the biggest gripe about the end of the season was that we didn't really have, and we continue to search for kind of that Rory year in what was it like twenty thirteen, or those Tiger Wood era years where we have six, seven wins by one guy that really take over the tour. Two thousand thirteen. I think equipment has leveled a lot of that. You know, like Tiger, even ten years ago. You still had to work the ball a little bit and all that. These guys don't really have to work it that much. They're all so good at just hitting it high and far and out of the rough for the fairway. It's just kind of made, I think it's made it harder to win. There's so many good, there's so many players that can do that. There's not as many guys that could do it like the way Tiger did it, you know, in the late 90s with, with, with limited equipment compared to today in the early 2000s. Bring back Persimmons. This is why I, I keep calling for the uh, the Open Championship. Go back to Hickory's. I want to see a different game. Be great. Make it match by two. That's why it was kind of fascinating to see Lucas Glover win two weeks in a row, right? He doesn't have the kind of game that you guys are describing. He just fairways greens and then he had the hot stick, hot flat. Well, he, he had the lab putter. I mean, that's that's the thing the thing makes everything in a 20, 20 foot radius. It's insane. Uh, remember that comment. We'll we'll get back to you here live from Brainerd this week when Tim said he can it'll make everything within twenty feet. Uh, I said 10. Oh, wow. He's shrunk it in half already. In the next couple of days. Um, well, let's talk. Let's talk Ryder Cup. There's been a lot of news, uh, some rumors out there. Um, well, first of all, he's, Captain Zach Johnson is making his picks tomorrow. Sounds like, right? Is that confirmed? Yep. Tomorrow morning. So by the time most people are listening to this, probably will have already picked. Yeah. Yeah. So breaking news. But I will say. Um, that we got a little bit of rumors that he's already made basically every pick but one. So on the team already, Scotty, Wyndham, Harmon, Canley, Homa, Xander, rumors are that Spieth, Brooks, Morikawa, and JT are in, and that there's one pick left to be made, and it's down to these four. Cameron Young, uh, Sam Burns, Keegan Bradley, and Tony Finau which does eliminate the Lucas Glovers of the world and anybody else that didn't make that debate. Anybody else thinking, think of anybody else? No, I mean, I, I can't like, wow. Keegan Bryson. I can't see how Tony Finau is in the conversation. I know he played well in France, but like the people that are going to, are going to rip into Zach Johnson when he inevitably picks Justin Thomas, probably can't then not rip into Tony Finau being a possibility. He hasn't done shit all, all summer long. Um, but like the whole group, Sam Burns does, hasn't done much. One round at the BMW, 
That's about it. Cameron Young has had lots of chances. He's played a lot of events. You know, he played the John Deere three of hasn't done much. And Keegan was hot for a while. He also hasn't done anything since the Travelers. So it's like uh, none of them are great options. You sound like time, a big Lucas Glover fan. Yeah, I don't think I don't know. I would I would I would pick knowing that this is just me opinion wise. If if you're down to those, if, if those are the four, and you're not even thinking about Dustin Johnson, maybe because of his previous Ryder Cup you know record, because he's the only live guy that would have a chance. They're not taking Bryson. Um, I would lean Keegan. If you're going to take Dustin Thomas also, I would take Keegan and bring over the most surly group of guys you can find. You know, guys that don't mind getting razzed by the crowd and they'll embrace it. Um, that's what I, that's how, what I would do. I, 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 I'm guessing there's a slight chance that Sam Burns gets this because of the Scotty effect. Maybe it's his good buddy. They play all practice rounds together, but I'd take, I'd roll with Keegan and just see what, see what happens with a couple of, with some guy with some rah rah guys. See, I, if if we're gonna go off the well, not that Keegan's off the wall. JT's a little bit off the wall for results. But we're going off of match oh, of play. We're going after after match play grit. I would love to see what Kisner would wear to Rome. <laughs> Kisner was he had his chance in the President's Cup. He was terrible. Oh come on! But he's he's a and bulldog during the. And his caddy is already in the Ryder Cup, or he will be with the septic tank after next week when they pick the septic tank. <laughs> is, is where what is, where is Kevin Kisner? Did so, I mean, does he have like a breakdown or mentally or what? Hurt or what? I don't know. He hasn't played because his yeah, caddy is caddying for, for Stepstraka. Okay, yeah. something's going on there. I don't know what it is. I haven't really heard much. But uh, yeah. I'm with you, Mike. Um, Keegan is my number one pick, and it's not necessarily that he's the better golfer of the four. I just need somebody that that embraces the atmosphere that cares. I. I you know, I, I think uh, you know Cameron Young's talented, and, and Sam Burns, but I just they just don't do anything for me from a fan perspective. Now, I'm sure there's way better analytics out there that actually can can back up while why the other ones might be better than Keegan. But when it comes down to it, I had a lot of fun watching Keegan play with Phil back at uh, uh, was it Medina? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought he was he was you know energetic. I thought he looked like a fantastic partner. Um, just good entertainment. And I think that's ultimately what this thing's come down to, right? We're supposed to be entertained by it. So that's why I pick them. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, this is why we have the captain's picks, right? I mean, it's not, it's not like I mean, the captain can pick whoever they want. It's not like Zach Johnson's going to show up tomorrow at the podium and say, and our 12th guy, we're, he's a great clubhouse guy. We're taking Jason Duffner with us to Italy, you know, cause it's like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Keegan's played deep, you know, well early in the year. Yeah, we know Justin Thomas has been shit, but you're taking him because of what he's done. That's why the captain can make those picks. You know, it's not as if you have to take guys based solely on their Ryder Cup standing. Um, but yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see because I, I really do think this will be a this will be a real um, this will show us how much pull. Scotty Scheffler has like I don't like I don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to call up Zach Johnson and say hey take Sam Burns but you know that Zach Johnson's sitting there thinking how do we make this guy comfortable because that, he does not look comfortable like putting and stuff let's just pair him with his buddy like that I don't know I did that's the only way Sam Burns should get picked to me like he hasn't done shit since match play Sam would you pick 
uh, John Daly if you had one pick left? John Daly? Oh, my God. That'd be incredible. <laughs> I mean, it, it, we're supposed to win regardless, right? We're actually, we're supposed to lose regardless based on stats. So, you know, fuck it. Why not Why not put someone in there that's going to be entertaining, right? Uh, maybe maybe if you put Kiz in, he puts a reference into, you know, Alexander the Great taking over Rome or the, you know, uh, some other like Persian Empire taking taking Rome and makes that a reference on his polo or his hat, or you do John Daly, who's going to be loud, whatever it might be. No one has stepped on foreign soil and won this thing in years. So 30, 30 years. The idea that our picks matter that much right now to, to bring home a W when it hasn't been done in ages is, is you know, what does a captain do, right? Well, Luke yeah. Donald, that's the more intriguing pick next week because they're still grinding on the DP. What, what is the worst pick? pick for the Americans? I think let's, let's think of that. Let's think of the worst pick that you think could potentially be like the most hideous from an all-around perspective. Oh, um, I did Tommy Tommy Two Gloves, right? Everyone gets arrested in their hotel room in Rome after picking up who knows what out there. So Tommy's your pick. Who, who'd be yours? I got a pretty good one, I think. I'm trying to think of somebody that they could shave the head and it looks somewhat like George Patton. And put a little helmet on him and roll into Italy. Just roll into, <laughs> roll into Italy. <laughs> I go with Grayson Murray. I feel like that yeah. was that the Desert Fox, Mike? Was that the Desert Fox? No, Desert Fox was uh, Rommel, the German. Rommel. Uh, oh yeah. You know yeah. what we need? It's too. It's really too bad that our that Alejandro Tosti is an American. You just take him right. You just throw him right into the fire <laughs> off the off the Cornbury suspension. That so we need this kind of fire from our player in in Italy. Mr. Toasty, by the way, for those that don't know, Mike, what's the story on him? Uh, Alejandro Toasty is Argentinian. He's a corn fairy player who got suspended last week from their tour championship after what, like the first round or something? For like, they haven't released, they haven't said why. The rumors are just all kinds of swearing all over the place, getting in people's faces, including Kyle Westmoreland, who's a big, like, ex military guy who's like huge. And Alejandro Toasty's 5'5. Five, five. Uh, or five six or something like that. You know, he's short. Um, and uh, like I get, I don't know. Apparently, he's like really spastic and just he's had multiple. It's happened multiple times this year where he's had like outbursts with fans and people. But he's he's going to be on the PGA Tour next year. He's he's earned his way in on points. It's going to so be amazing. Coming <laughs> off a corn fairy suspension for unspecified uh, things right now, he's going to be playing next year on the PGA Tour. I, I did think of the best ad. I thought of the best person to add onto our team for Rome, and that's Tom Hanks, because no one has brought down Rome harder than Tom Hanks. <laughs> Angels and demons. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Mike, any reports on the European side? Yeah, Ludwig, baby. T4 this week uh, in... I, th- I believe it was the Czech o- Czech Open or something like that. So they had, uh, I you know, I, I I don't. I guess out of us three, I'm probably the resident DP World Tour expert of this podcast. But I I am by no means a super expert. I had never heard of the guy that won. That came out of nowhere and, and shot a crazy round. He's British um, to win, but the Ryder Cup chatter there would be Nikolai Hoygaard, who's in the discussion. So his brother Rasmus got third, I believe. And right there, Ludwig made the trip over to play some European events to get, you know, 
Get his name out there. Get it in Luke Donald's ear. He got fourth. He was right there. But he did. He did, Jeff. What you what you would like to call the Saturday slump, probably that he always does. Like he was good. He was good Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday he just shit the bed, and then Sunday he was good again yeah, and shot right. like seventeen under. Sit yeah, I think he shot. Like, Get him on Saturday. Yeah. He might if, if hey, he makes is, the Ryder Cup a... team, he'll probably be sitting out the Saturday, uh, the Saturday <laughs> four ball. I'm guessing. <laughs> But he's he's also really? signed up, huh? What? Oh, go ahead. They're they have one. They're they're doing their pick, I believe, after this week's uh, European Masters in Switzerland, which Ludwig is also playing. So he's trying to make the late push. I uh, unrelated to this, kind of related. What does DP even stand for? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know. I, I, I know. Tour, I want but... to just call it the Euro Tour, but uh, I don't know. I'm looking. No I'm idea. looking at their website right now, and I cannot find what DP stands for. I'm and, guessing uh, it's some it's some company or something. I don't know. Who cares? It's great to watch. I was I was I, a little, I was fired up this weekend because my guy uh, Sammy Vela, whatever his name is from Finland, was up there for a while. He's got a great name, like Sammy Velanek or whatever his name is. Fun to watch, big boy, big boy, that guy. I don't know, Tim. Uh, Dubai Power. I don't know what is. What's the? What is the DP? No idea. Well, I can tell you if you Google DP right now, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Do not do that. Do not. (laughs) Will not be responsible for your children googling DP. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, I think man. I googled DP and I think I found it. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. I, was, I had the censor button ready to go here on the on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> the button bar. Well, I I was just going to read off the Sol- Solheim Cup team as well. That that got picked today. Um, Solheim is coming. Uh, what is it? Like uh, in a month? Yeah, I don't know. They're going to Spain. Something like that. Here's your team. Really a voo. Nelly Corda. Um, Corpuz, who won the major this year at Pebble. Megan Kang. Kutcho. Uh, Daniel Kang. Andrea Lee. Lexi. Rose Zhang. And then the captain's pick were Ali Ewing, Angel Yen, and Cheyenne Knight. So that's who you have going to war with the Europeans. I know the Europeans picked a couple of the classics. Uh, Sagstrom, Sagstrom was one. Yeah. Was one of the picks, and uh, who's the um, oh, I think it was another big Swede, Anna Nordquist. No, um, um, oh, the other one that was the captain of the last uh, Solheim Cup team, I can't remember her name, Patterson, not her, Suzette. No, I don't know. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, why you know who Madeline Segstrom's husband caddies for, Ludwig. It's all full circle. Yeah, it's all full circle. The Ludwig for the Euros. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember, but yeah, I don't know. I got that must be like a two-year points too, because you think Justin Thomas has done nothing on the men's side. Lexi Thompson, like, has damn near lost her tour card. Like, she's way down the list, and she and she made it on points. I don't <laughs> know how that. <laughs> like, that's that's what I understand. Like. Rose Zang has only been playing for what? Yeah, like two months. <laughs> Winning everything though. Yeah. Insane yeah. amateur. 
career. Good time for match play because this weekend coming up, Walker Cup at St. Andrews at the old course this weekend. With your favorite uh, amateur? Yeah, professional amateur Stuart Hagestad making his third Walker Cup appearance in like 800th freaking amateur event that he's played in at high level. Yeah, that's at St. Andrews. That's, That's cool. Okay. Is that on TV? It should be. I'm sure parts of it will be on TV somewhere. Guys, I have done I have done extensive Googling over here and I found out what DP stands for. Fire I, a drum a drum roll? I don't know. Dubai don't... Port World. So uh, Jeff, yeah, you're pretty like close. Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shocker. Shocker Dubai's buying. <laughs> well, that's a that's a whole different Google search. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. A lot of reference. <laughs> A lot of references. Well, that's the professional talk. Anything else from professional world of golf? No, not much. That's usually your that's your typical chatter that uh, I don't think we left anything out there, did we? If you are in the Brainerd area this weekend, there's Canadian tour. Craigans. So yes, um, we will be attending maybe a little bit of a tournament, but we're heading up to Brainerd. Um, to experience the travel areas of Brainerd, the golf courses, and hanging out. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. And I, I saw today that, um, unfortunately, we had uh, – so they had a playoff at five under to get in. And, unfortunately, um, for example, Ben Warren, who we had on the pod, was one of the guys that did not make it. Um, Van Holgram was also five yes. under, did not make it. Um, through the playoff, so they they made the cut line, but then five under was I think a like a three for eight or something like that. Or I can't remember how many guys were were cut, but it seemed the guys that we that we were pulling for the ones that didn't didn't make it through. So unfortunately, they will not be there. But there are some names that will be playing. Uh, Derek Kitchener will be there. Uh, anybody? Uh, Travis Vick, if you guys remember him from Texas, he likes to wear the old bucket hat. Bucket guy. Um. Did you say Laringus is in? Yeah, Matt. Yep. Matt Laringus, friend of the pod. Okay, in as well. Yep. The names that you want to throw out? I was I was looking for a couple other that we'd have interviews with, but I didn't find anyone else on on the list. So we're gonna have to make make a few new friends. But uh Jeff, you and I both played that course and not even from the back tees and can testify to the difficulty of it. So and I'm wondering, Tim, I'm wondering if, you know, it's at Craigans, but I don't know if they are actually going to be using all of Layman's again, because remember the routing is so bizarre that you can't. I'm really... curious about that too. Like, are they going to cart people that, that distance away or is it a, a do they, they quit and go somewhere else? I'm, I'm very interested as well uh, because there was some construction being done too. That's what I'm wondering if they're using some 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 more of the Dutch's Dutch holes and stuff, just because the routing was tough. Because it, you know, there's certain things that they need for a tournament for the course to, you know, it needs to have a the closing hole, for example, needs to be up by the clubhouse, right? You don't want to have a closing hole that you got to sit there and drive, you know, back up to. So that that was one important thing. Um, your your fan experience, you know, people that show up. You know, I remember one specific hole at, at Layman. We seen oh, like, it was ten, like ten ten minutes. It was a ten minute drive. I swear. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I was actually messaging with somebody. He thought they might just be using most of Dutch, and I don't know how that's going to work because you need you still kind of need a big boy golf course. I don't know if that Layman had that opportunity. They had those the, the back boxes, and they had the 
but I just know that's interesting when it comes for an actual professional tournament. I don't know if it's gonna gonna work because of the routing. So that'll be interesting when we go up there and see that. Yeah, um, and if the layman new holes, the layman first what probably seven eight holes are are long tough golf holes, and they're routed appropriately. So maybe there's a, a back way to cut in some of the others, and make it a a proper kind of fan routing experience. I don't but, know. Um, here's a few names if you want them. Uh, Caleb Van Aragon's got a spot. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And I'm just, uh, they don't have the tee times or the stuff yet on the website, but I'm looking at last week's leaderboard and the uh, Canadian tour, which is in Manitoba. So I'm assuming most of these guys are probably full tour members coming down to play in Brainerd also. You've got Thomas Longbella, who's a gopher. Mm-hmm. He's on the Canadian tour. He, I, I'm assuming he'll be there. Um, who else we got here? Well, Thomas yeah. Lehman, I think I saw his name on it. Thomas Lehman is playing again, I think. Um, I see Ben Carr played in the uh last event, he lost in the US Am Championship match to uh Sam Bennett last year. Right, he's playing. Um, Trying to see who else you might have heard of here for the people. Not Ollie Schneider Jans, but Luke Schneider Jans is out there. His picture still has no hat, like his brother always played with no oh, hat. Also, Comover, kind of like a like Schneider a puppy Comover with no hat. Yep. Um, remember the name John Pock, who was like the the number one like hot shot college player from Florida State a few years back. Um, he is in. He missed a cut last week but he probably will be there um there's you know there's some guys there's there's lots of young guys a few of the a few names you've heard of but mostly young guys yeah i'm i'm just excited to see the birdies be had right because this is going to play like a corn fairy event where guys are just getting after it out there and as of course that we both played and i think matches up decently well in difficulty to a TPC Twin Cities if they do play a lot of the new Layman 18, especially the first 13, 14 holes. Um, it's It'll be cool to kind of measure up what we've seen the rest of the year with all the tournaments that we've been to. For sure. Well, I can say this. One place you did not watch birdies at is when we were at Blue Mound. Uh, <laughs> country. Yes, that was not a place that there was a lot of birdies. I hit uh, a lot of greens. I, I did my stats and it, I was like 62% greens and reg. Yeah, so let's talk spectacular. about that. We didn't get a chance to talk about that at the last pod since we have not played it yet. But um, if you uh, if you golf course, golf course architect gurus slash nerds want to go off on that one, go for it. I, well, I, would, I, just want... I, would like, I would like to first say that that's the reason I have the lab putter in my bag right now. I had 41 putts at Blue Mound. And uh, it, it wasn't a, I don't snap clubs. I, I'm not that angry on the course, uh, but there, there were times I, I, I wish I was a weaker man. I just, um, you know, defending a title is tough. I know, I know what Brooks Kepka, how he feels <laughs> now when he, you know, back to back PGAs. It's uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough to do out there. And I, I'm glad that we're going to talk about this there's a jeff's gone throw an asterisk by this one but uh you know just uh 
just young man from northern Minnesota with a dream to one, one day win a podcast major. Uh, just a Cinderella story out there. But um, no, um, Blue Mound was sick, though. The template holes, it had it has every Rainer. Um, if you're listening, Google Blue Mound or go on like Instagram and people's pictures. It's got crazy greens. It's got all of the, it's got the Himalayas green. It's got the Redans and it's got the, um, oh, the Punch Bowl. That hole was Eaton. cool. It's got the, it's got the like double plateau hole too. <laughs> Jeff will talk about that in a little bit. But that was a wild green, and they roll. And the crazy thing is, is that we played on a Monday, which you know the course is closed. They let people out there, but they don't have like maintenance, so like it hadn't been rolled or anything. It hadn't been rolled or mowed, and the greens were still humming. Um, but yeah, They're ridiculous. I, 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 they can't. Those I've played thirteens, or I've, they've been advertised as thirteens, and those were way faster. I messaged I messaged a member and he was he was interested to see where some of the pins were because uh, he had it was out of town so he couldn't play in their men's championship or whatever and I was and he was like ah oh, those are standard pins like they weren't like even in any crazy spots he was asking me where was the pin on this and I was yeah um but it's like it would be a fun course to like play all the time because you can kind of spray it off the tee you know you're not gonna lose a ball you just gonna you can kind of hit it all over the place so yeah you, Blue you may have Jeff you're your, th- your thoughts well kind of going off that quick before i go on another rant but I think <laughs> if you know the greens really well like if you had played that like if you remember there you know the greens really well that's a huge advantage like you know or like even coming into the greens like what side you want to come in on yeah it would be a big part of of how you attack the golf course because really you can spray it for the most part anywhere you want but there's certain disadvantages of going one side or the other depending on where the flag is. So I think that kind of comes into to play some, if you want to attack a flag, like that's, and if you don't attack a flag, like Tim found out and I found out, and you're going to have a really hard time two putting. So it's, even if you hit a green or even okay, that you miss a green now, just finding a creative way to get up and down. Cause you know, the up and downs that you're not used to aren't really like these up and downs, right? They're, they're difficult. And here's the thing. So Mike, Mike, Here's, <laughs> let's, let's go off here. So we are playing a major, folks. And if you think about majors, you think about mentally preparing, physically preparing. It's like a qualifier. It's like a club championship. <laughs> you're out there practicing. You're getting your mind right. You're getting your body right. You're, you're going through your routine, right? We show up here to this golf course, and it's supposed to be our fourth round of a major. And what do these guys do? Somehow they tell them, yeah. Well, he, first of all, we were told to show up between two and three. This is the, what I'm told by these guys. We show up yeah. at two. Perfect. Jeff, I had, nothing, I had nothing to do with booking this round. This was not me. Okay. We had we had, we had distinct tee times shots. when I was in charge. There's guys hitting balls on the range. It's not on the actual grass. It's fine. I'm fine with that. I just, I got to find an iron thought. I had not hit my irons well the day before. And all I'm thinking is, all right, I'm getting off the tee okay. I just need to find a way to get, get these irons tidied. All of a sudden, I'm getting my bag packed and everything. Oh, we're off to the tee box. I'm like, what? We're not going to even take a single putt. We're not going to. I mean, the guys are hitting balls right there. We could go hit some balls. Nope, we're going to the tee box. We get a breakfast ball, and then we're playing. So, like, mentally, I'm just not even ready to play yet. You know, and and, yeah, and, and, and both of you took breakfast balls like cheaters. I, uh, I, I, won. Did, I didn't. I did not take a breakfast ball. Blue oh, on. you didn't. Oh, I was no, going to win the last I round. I made par right off the bat. Alone. 
but nothing. But anyway, self-proclaimed. I don't need to practice. I, I don't like practice. I play better if I don't hit balls. Let me explain something to the listeners here. As a vet, as a veteran of multiple Monday rounds at private clubs, I which is also why I even said on the drive, like we might not get to use any facilities. It might be right to the T. First of all, in the in the original plan, we would have got there plenty early. It wasn't my fault that Tim took forever at Century World. Forever. Not my fault. We when had you, a whole interview you, to do. I know. What am I when supposed to, to do? Kick him out? When you get when you get to a country club on a Monday where there's no pro, there's no like pro shop staff there. They're all gone. You are at the, there's one guy in charge right there. You are at the whims of of the guy, the starter, the guy that's there with the kids. And Tim and I saw we, we when you pull in there and you're not a member, you you oh, get some were, looks. They like, were they were real surly, Jeff. They were who uh, the hell are these guys? Fourteen year old kids. So and the, but and, and the and and the starter and the old starter and when the starter goes, you guys are up right now. You go. That's like that. There's no, like you're not going to go argue with him. Like he's like you're the guest and he said you guys are playing, so we play. It was free. Well, I think there was a. I think there was a little bit of a a point in there that you could have said, hey, is it, do you care if we hit any balls or do we need to go now? Like that could have been something. Maybe that you have. I mean, maybe I don't know, but like. I've played. I've I have played a lot of like I used to go a lot like when another buddy was here because I've played a ton of private golf on Mondays because they're almost always closed on Mondays, but they will still let people out there. And I have never. It's almost always like the starter tells you just okay, go to the tee. Like they want you. They don't want you on their facilities. Well, I get that. They like you stay off stuff. You're not hitting off. Yeah. Well, I don't know. All I'm telling you is that's what the starter told us. What what they're saying, listeners. Listeners, pro tip. Go on eBay, find some logoed merchandise from the country club you want to play. <laughs> Show up on a Monday, not too early in the morning, not too late, and uh, you too can walk on to your favorite now, private country club. Again, you can put an asterisk by whatever. None of this was set up by me. Do not this hit the, the range. The, the, do not go this is to what the, the range. Starter, this is what the starter <laughs> said to do, so we did what the starter said to do. Secondly, none of us hit a single range ball or a single putt. We were all in the same playing field, same conditions. Everybody, it was all the same for all of us. No, that's so. Here's the thing, though. Like, <laughs> here's the thing. All the other rounds that mattered, we got a chance to get physically and mentally ready. All right, we got we got a warm up in. We kind of know what we got work. I know what I'm working with. You know, you know, maybe I was maybe it was a sharp warm up, was not. But at least I know what I'm going to battle with. Right on this one, especially when you get these tight lies and you get these fast greens. Zero preparation is just going to be not good for me because I'm more of a kind of mechanical guy. I like to get a thought in my head and it showed I freaking three Jack one because I pulled my wedge. I've got like a 30 footer down the hill, three putt second hole. I take like a eight technically probably was a 10 because I just picked up my ball. Um, I think you, you were plenty warm and bunker shots by that hole. Can we talk about that for a second? Cause it was comical. Like, <laughs> like just okay so right now all listeners just kind of pissed but this is if now now that we're two weeks out we should be able to laugh about this because this is awesome as as somebody was just standing there watching <laughs> so they have this <laughs> i can't even say it without laughing there's this green that's like this double plateau it's elevated you know way up and jeff missed it on the short side by in the bunker well i bladed it because i hit zero iron shots <laughs> Okay, it's, that's a possibility. That's point. We're taken. just glad you Maybe got so. down there. However, you got down there. 
However you got to this point, he's in the bunker, he hits one up, rolls right back down to his feet in the bunker. Hits another one up, rolls right back down to his feet in the bunker. Was it the third one that hit the stick or the fourth? Third one. Third. <laughs> Next one, yeah, he finally hits a good one, gets it out, it's going right at the pin. You know, it would probably stop somewhere past the pin, smokes the middle of the flagstick slowly trickles like not quickly the slowest trickle down the green right back down into the bunker <laughs> at this point <laughs> it's one of those times where like tim and i are standing there and we know jeff is just pissed and I, it's so hard not to laugh because it was so comical it was so hilarious that, that it hit the pin and went back into the into the bunker <laughs> oh man a combination of of that zero oh, warm-ups we're supposed to be playing this amazing course and we're just acting like we're playing wild marsh. <laughs> I got to I got to say after that Jeff, you did nothing but stand in front of my shots. <laughs> you spent half of your time you would go up and you'd like speed up to your shot. You'd be the first yeah, one to hit off of every tee. And then you'd you'd no speed movie. away to your ball. You'd hit your ball. What well, yeah, why then, why would we why would we care now? Why would we care about <laughs> We're supposed to just be out there playing super fast, and we're just gonna get through this round and be done with it. Well, yeah, yeah I were playing. Yeah, there was multiple times you're like thirty yards directly in front of me. I'm like, Tim and I, I are sitting, Tim and I are sitting back there, like, look at that, look at that BRE. Where should we hit it? And you're just flying around, flying around. Playing. Jeff's already on the green. <laughs> we're back on the tee taking photos. Scores do not matter at this point. They don't. <laughs> you was, didn't even shoot that bad. That's why there will be an asterisk. That was not oh, a new no, a major I'll take it anyway. I'll take the asterisk anyway. I can I can I can get it. We'll, we'll take it for the major, I guess. We're gonna if you, to... wanna, if you wanna throw it out there, all the other three rounds we had warm-ups. I was still ahead after three rounds too with warm-ups. Listen, we boys, there's uh, there's four majors. There's was, four majors close. in a year. It was close. And uh and we're going to Brainerd. So here we go. Load no, back yeah, up. Do... And I will figure just... something out. Mike, you are more a, a better natural golfer than I am. I need confidence. I need stuff to go with me to play well. I've always been that way. I can try to go out there and have nothing and swing away. So that doesn't work for me. So do I you do drugs, Danny? Me, you're telling me that like when you go like before a round where you hit the range, you have a different like swing thought in your head every round. You find a different like always different like no, no, no. What ends up happening is like I have a, a swing thought that that kind of works for a while. Just it's it kind of always revolves. And like what ends up happening is I'll revert back to some old bad habits. And then I have to kind of remember, oh, yeah, you got to stop doing this and, and do this again. And then I'll hit the ball well again. And then I'll lose what that if... thought. And I have to kind of siphon through all these things. And then I kind of realize this is why my ball's doing that. This is why my ball's doing that. I, and I, oh, yeah, that's why. And now I've hit 10 stripe shows on the range. I'm taking that with me to the course. We're confident. We know what we're doing. We know what we found. And we're going to ride it. I remember staying in the box. What else? We've had a couple the last couple, but couple your first, trips. But your, but your first two swings were good. You hit a drive that was good. And then you hit an iron. But then you hit an iron to like, iron to like 15, 20 feet. No, it was like 20. It was not even close to my line. I pulled it way right. Well, no. Then he hit the trees on the second tee shot, and that's when all hell broke loose. <laughs> well, I was in play. Yeah, it was that, in play. That wasn't even the, the the big deal. It was just the, I took like seven shots around the green. That was that was not good. I, <laughs> yeah, I should bring I, up of, of I, all I, 
of all the moments in this podcast history of you know what'll be getting closer to two years that is the one time that the camera should have been rolling because the the world needed to see that ball that third bunker shot hit the pin and just slowly trickle forever back down down to the bunker. I, started walking to the I knew I was going back in the bumper. I just started walking to that. <laughs> didn't you oh, fill? So didn't you fill a putt too? Did you hit a moving putt that day, or was no, that? I, didn't, uh... I was not. I didn't care about putting at that point. Okay, I'm just I'm making sure I got the day right. <laughs> oh, I just took. I just fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. The kind I of thing I, I like to think. I like to think that Seth Rayner, wherever he is, was, was smiling a little bit and saying, "I got that guy. I got him." <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the thing: he wouldn't have had me if I got a freaking warm up in. He wouldn't have had. Me. I would have been dialed in. I would have played it a little bit left of the flag. Maybe a little hook spin, just to kind of have that double plateau hook spin, curl it right in there. Oh my God! Listen, listen to this, this guy. He's talking about he's talking about stuff the tiger in his prime might not have been able to pull off. I, mean, I wouldn't have three jacked one. It's a freaking redan. I would have just used the redan right to the hole. I mean, it just been everything. You gotta I, you gotta just look at the positives, Jeff. I I may have lost the major, but I won the war by out driving Mike fairly consistently that round. <laughs> You don't drive me one time on one hole. Oh, no, multiple times. You can't, you can't, I mean, if you want to count the ones I spray like 70 yards right. I guess. It wasn't my fault we spent half of the day looking you for golf like, balls. I hit a couple so far right that you can't even like figure out how far they went. They were so offline, which has been basically the whole, was the whole trip pretty much. So, Mike was almost giving up golf. Jeff was almost snapping clubs, and I was... <laughs> Making hey, 41 putts. I was not. So I, it was, did, it was I, did, I, did, I did not care. You're on a golf course like that. I sp- I was spraying all our places, which you can still play most of the shots from. So it's fine. But there was no, I was, I was, that was awesome. That place was amazing. There the was no quality. The, the, the unbelievable floor to ceiling. I mean, it was surrounding there. What had to be what? 40,000 square foot clubhouse, like back to front, all outside. Every and tea shots. box manicured, even areas around tea boxes from green to tea box to putting green to other tea box to another tea box. Yeah, it was unreal. All beautiful. Yeah, I've and... never seen that kind of turf management. Um, we yeah. uh, we jokingly stole a bunch of turf. Uh, one of the fraternities was getting re-turfed on their lawn, stole a bunch of it and uh, turfed one guy's complete dorm room with it. Uh <laughs> I would much rather have stolen that turf. It was gorgeous. Well, and because of the green complexes, you know, that they have all the, it's got every Rainer template. You had some funky, like I putted with a three wood from off the green once after I saw you not get it up with the putter up the hill. I'm like, I'm taking the three wood and just hammering this thing up there. You, know, you get shots that you do not get around here. You know, I, I, I love to play Midland probably, you know, some of the Rainer stuff, but you just it's, don't, you, it's, just, you don't get it. I was, it was unbelievable. Blue Mound was much more wild than Midland. I mean, yeah. Midland has a little bit of it, but the amount of runoffs and how how tightly that place was mowed was just yeah. phenomenal. Fantastic. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable track. Well, and then to to put a little, you know, ribbon on my present, I left my wedge. <laughs> <laughs> Which you did like, a, you know, like I want the listeners to know, you might have thought he was disheveled this round. This happened multiple times on this trip where he left clubs oh, yeah. all over the all over the golf courses. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you left a rangefinder. Oh yeah, it's true. I left a rangefinder like ten miles and back. I'm, I'm the one drinking. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was it was a tough it was a tough scene. 
tough scene, but we had Tim. Where do we go to eat those burgers? That was a good kind of a cat or, you know, get me off uh, what disaster happened and into. Oh, a, yeah. Cafe, Cafe Hollander and Tosa or Wabatosa. If uh, if you're reading the newsletters and, and following us, follow me on Instagram. But yeah, yeah, a lot of cute places, a lot of a lot of great different bar uh, and restaurant pockets in in the milwaukee area so uh if there's any listeners that are headed that way feel free to reach out via via instagram if you're looking for food drink golf whatever it might be i also say like it was interesting when we were trying to find blue mountain like it was just like there was like a giant like shopping complex right by the driving huge mall yeah a huge redone mall and the drive-in talk about extended drives they had purchase what seemed like five city blocks of nothing but just driveway. And, and it had to have what six feet on each side of grass and then wall. And it was all surrounded by neighborhood and for no other reason than to isolate the, uh, the golf course a little bit more. I've never seen anything like that. What was your favorite hole? Oh, um, Hmm. Uh, was it, was it eight or was it nine that would, I think it was eight was particularly tough. Eight's the, eight um, was the, was the punch bowl. Yeah. With my sand shot, you got to send me that video still, by the way. Uh, uh, but, but really good drive, a little bit of a pulled seven iron, a 400 and what, 80 yard par four up the hill. And I just bombed it past Mike again. Um, just crushed it 40 yards uh, past Jeff, seven iron in. And just pulled it a little bit and hit a beautiful sand shot to to about three, four feet and made the putt. I think the moral to the story, Tim, is um, not that I played well. I, w- I would say the level of our golf on that trip was horrible. But um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> other than Ravis, I guess Ravis, little Jeff and I played pretty consistent and steady golf. And maybe Kankakee, we were pretty solid, like around, I don't know, mid-70s. But it was overall, it was horrible. But I think the moral of the story is, Tim's. yeah, you hit the driver well, but, you know, some some of us just find that innate ability to get the ball in the hole sometimes in fewer strokes than their guy. You know, you know it's know, it's it's more it. It, it's more about iron striking than 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 driver. <laughs> I mean, if you don't get yourself in trouble with driver, that's the key. It's really not about distance. And that's what I've learned. And uh, Jeff is going to put out a, a story about how size matters. And I, I just or doesn't matter. I don't I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's um, more about the motion of the ocean, but uh, it, it's just about, yeah, it's about getting the ball in the hole. It's about before, iron striking. Before we get out of Blue Mountain, I do want to give a shout out to uh, my guy on Instagram. He goes by putt for doe 24. He's a member out there. He kind of hooked it up. And the pro Barry was out there. He's been there for like 30 years. And pretty stand-up guy. Ship Jeff's wedge back to him. <laughs> my wedge. That's, that's much appreciated. You should have yeah. just bought a new wedge. You need them. <laughs> I yeah. I talked to the Titleist rep today at the bar actually this afternoon. One of the Titleist reps from Minnesota, and sneaky they got a, they got a driver coming out that's supposedly maybe even better than the TSR. We'll see. Speaking of equipment from club companies, TSR two if it's Titleist. Yeah, let's very, call it something. Very creative. Very creative yeah. over there. Well, I'm actually trying to get scheduled on here a driver fitting. So I'm kind of curious to see um, that process. I know, Tim, you went through it. I've never been through a, 
really a fitting process for anything. So kind of excited to do it. Uh, I want to, I want to get an order before the season obviously ends. So hoping to, to hook up with Hunter here soon, hopefully this week before we head to Brainerd so I can get some ideas of what fits me best. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just technology time. I think I'm, a, I'm more of a guy that is very much, it's my problem. It's my swing. It's me rather than my clubs. I've always been that way. It's like, I, I could probably put a way better swing on that than what I did. Um, but I do will say that like even hitting like my two iron, that's fairly new. Like when I hit that thing in the center, it's goes forever. Right. Um, I think that's kind of what I'm, it feels like I hit one pretty solid. And it just doesn't go very far right now. So who knows? It's gotta be a marriage of the two. The equipment still matters. Like, yeah, you got to put a good swing on the ball, but if you put a good swing on the ball, let's say driver, whatever you got, got M4, whatever it is. If you put a great, if you put a good swing on the ball with your driver versus a good swing on the ball with properly fit like Sim Two, if we're talking tailor made, the Sim Two one's going to go way farther, like guaranteed, because it's just newer, better stuff, and you've been fit for the actual shaft. Like I'm sure you bought that one right off the rack, probably. There's no so, like you, so you got to fit for a shaft, and you know, and same thing with wedges. Like I think, to me. Unless you're like Tim and you're always grooving them out again, the wedges, especially if you hit a lot of range balls and stuff, because those beat the shit out of wedges. Like there's no the grooves, the grooves are like that. That's important stuff to have is good grooves. I'm taking my comment back that you're a better natural golfer than me. I'm just playing with horse shit equipment, hanging right there with you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. I told you. I'm just a Cinderella no story that never plays. <laughs> I'm hanging Jeff, no Jeff I caught I caught Mike's driving distance with with one Hunter Hoagland fitting. So man. Okay. I... First of all, you <laughs> hit like two. Second of all, I was hitting the ball nowhere that whole trip. Like I, I can like I, I'm more analytical than you boys think a little bit with the swing. You got I the most you got the most sleep out of all of us because we could I literally can go to sleep when you were <laughs> awake. <laughs> I can feel when I when I when I'm hitting it good. I can feel it kind of in my legs more than anything, like the movement, uh, the proper like I post up and I just sometimes I just don't have it. I just most of the summer I can't hit it, but sometimes I do. But that was a well, rough trip for distance. We're on to Brainerd and we sound like a bickering married couple. Are we ready we for won't need another... driver? <laughs> we won't need driver <laughs> the first round. Especially we're playing the tips, I suppose, correct? Where it's really tight back there. I assume. I'd assume. I mean, the driver's going to come to play. It's it's still working pretty well right now. So I might not I'll tip her out. Schedule for Brainerd this weekend. So as of as of right now, um, I think we're still working with Gravel Pit, but uh, we'll come up. We'll play. Uh, we'll play the Classic of Maddens Top 100. It's kind of Mike's measuring point for Top 100 courses. Ranked way uh, so, higher than a bunch of Tim favorites. So uh, <laughs> we've got that on on Friday. I want to say at two fifty. Uh, then we'll we'll have a little bit of of time. Saturday? No, do we wake up early Saturday? No, we'll have a little bit of time on Saturday. Saturday's to, Pines. Yep, Saturday's Pines at Grandview, and then we'll be out at the Canadian Tour event talking to some of our favorite guys in the AM. Um, on Sunday, we'll have a, an early morning round at Preserve, uh, have some time out to the tournament briefly, and then in the evening, we'll be over at, at Deacon's. Um, Somehow we're going to we'll, time out in the tournament between two four-hour rounds of golf. Good luck. Well, so, it, yeah, yeah, we can Good dream. luck with that. We can dream. 
and we'll be putting together a piece because I, I have to be honest, not that all of the websites are, are terrible. Some are, are okay. Uh, but it, it's sometimes very difficult to navigate Brainerd golf. I mean, everything's so compact. You have to book through the, not necessarily the course, but through the, the resort website. So we'll be coming up with a kind of a how to, and a, a bit of a table to make Brainerd golf a little bit easier. Uh, and it's it's one of the most affordable golf trips listed in the U.S. So not only should it be kind of on the uh, front of everyone's mind here in Minneapolis area, but uh, most people in the U.S. should be should be very aware of the the value you get in going to Brainerd, Minnesota. You know what this has the makings of, Jeff. This sounds this sounds like a classic Tim time management problem. More than likely, yeah. And, and, Every moment and, of my life. Interview <laughs> Tron Carter from No Laying Up. He was well aware of Brainerd. I mean, it's a it's yeah. a it's a, a place that you could definitely go and play some really really good good golf courses. So it's not like this is a Minnesota thing where it's like I I, I could say anybody, especially from the Midwest, should should make their way up to Brainerd, and even the the ones north of Brainerd. Even you got the wilderness and the other two up there. So Minnesota has some really good northern golf. It's just the the fact is that our season is not as long, and so you're going to play it. You got to try to find a way to get it in. And I would say the fall golf up there is got to be some of the prettiest golf that you can find. I mean, with the the changes of, of colors of the leaves and um, it would just be a really fun, other than maybe having troubles finding your ball, if the leaves start to fall. But if you get that moment of those couple of weeks where it's just changing color, boy, that would be a really, really uh, good spot to be here if you're planning a fall trip. So anything else, boys? I got nothing. All right. Well, Mike, enjoy your asterisk major forever. It's never coming off. It's like the steroid era. You know, you hit a couple home runs with steroids. It's like, you know, it doesn't really go into history. It does. It's kind of there, but it's not. Hold uh, on. Pete Pete Rose won all those games. He was incredible at the plate. Nothing changes that. Uh, let's let me go through a few things here. <laughs> John Daly won drunk probably. Uh, VJ deer antler spray. <laughs> He's got majors. Tiger, we already know Tiger was on all kinds of meds and drugs and women and everything. If if if, if steroids is the, is the is what I get labeled as, we'll take it. That's 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 nothing. That's that's small time. Steroids and golf. Come on, come on. Well, you know, three peat baby. We'll try, we're going for the three peat next year. I don't. I, Mike just had a slightly overreactive pituitary gland as a kid. That's all. <laughs> all right well, well tim um i hope you can make your next tea time um we're not waking up <laughs> we'll go without you that's what it takes well another another weekend with you guys means not a lot of sleep and a lot of activity so looking oh, forward to please. it that's such bullshit that's complete <laughs> bullshit every time i gotta you were sleeping your ass off oh last weekend of the year boys like a married married couple i guess we're <laughs> mormon all right the difference between 79 and 80 is everything <laughs>
Break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Break 80.